Good. just have coffee. I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> All right, so we are now live, and uh, hopefully y'all have just watched The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, the, the premiere, which dropped today at like super early in the morning. I think it was like 2 a.m. my time when it came on, so that'd be kind of fun. But uh, we were just kind of getting into it, and we uh, kind of realized we went over a little bit. So, <laughs> so in case anybody doesn't know, uh, over this direction is my good buddy from the uh, Libertarian Podcast Review, Tyler Yankee. How's it going, bud? Hello. How you doing? The uh, one and only uh, Eric, the Lance Armstrong of the Twitter world. Yes. That's yes. It. Yes. Obscure and uh, down below over this way is uh, is my buddy Lincoln. All the way from California. Oh, I have two California boys in the house. I don't know yeah. how this is going to work out. Outnumbered. Wow. <laughs> uh, Lincoln, are you north or south? I'm Southern California all the way. Yeah. Okay. So okay. we got Norco and SoCo. Yeah. It's fine. I, I do like Northern California. Nothing against my brothers in Northern California. Well, maybe so against some of them who live on the NorCal coast. But right. That is. <laughs> I'm up against the mountains. So we'll okay. Do. Yeah. That's a great area. Very yeah. pretty up there. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic up there. And I guess it's like under snow at some point. Did I read uh, that correctly? Well, I know LA had some, uh, we had, we, we got some little sprinkles here and there, but I mean, we're yeah. right up against the foothills and then the Sierras and they, they got, we'll well, Sierras are, are, are absolutely July. dumped in snow. My, yeah. uh, my fishing trips this spring should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ice fishing. Yeah, I get to uh, figure out what uh, what all the Minnesotans talk about up there in the uh, ice fishing. Yeah, they, it was snowing in San Diego, like like in which is crazy because San Diego yeah. never ever sees snow. Um, Barely any rain. <laughs> yeah, well, then you get a little bit of rain because they get the yeah. being next to the coast, you get some amount of rain, but uh, you never see snow. But they had a bit of snow, which is crazy. Yep, it's pretty nuts. Any any snow there in Louisiana? No, not this year. Uh, I think this year we got like maybe a week of actual cold weather where it was down in the 20s, and that was about it. And then it went shot right back up into the 50s. The uh, This week it's been in the 80s, and then this weekend it'll dip back down into the 40s. So that, yeah, that's always fun. The weather's been all over the place here too. We've uh, yeah. Like two weeks ago we were up to like 80, and last week we had – we didn't even get up. I think the high was 68 last week and we're in the desert here. So yeah. it's been all over the place. It's annoying. I'm ready for, um, you know, the bring on the drought, whatever. I want warm weather. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be saying that until like mid July when right. it's 115 right. here. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, chuckles in Southern Louisiana. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're here to talk about uh, the brand new episode of uh, The Mandalorian, Season 3, Episode 1. Uh, one thing I noticed right off the top when they started doing like their little helmet reveal uh, thing that they do now, uh, we didn't get the cheesy synthwave music. We got the uh, the blacksmith forging, hmm. which I was kind of noticed. I was like, oh, we didn't do the, the little music. Yeah, I think it's tone setting for the for what they're for the tone that they are attempting to set for this show. Yes. What, do you say, think the, what do you think the tone is they're trying to set? It feels like what they're trying to establish is that they're taking themselves very seriously for season three of The Mandalorian. Yes. 
because the uh, the first season was basically the uh, the spaghetti western of Star Wars. Yes, mm, yes. Se- Which second I, season I was ba- really basically loved. Force Ten from Navarone. <laughs> so it was like a World War Two esque type yeah. thing. I, and this I, season, I have no idea where they're about ready to go with it. I felt season one, and maybe it's the way the music, and you said the spaghetti western, it was Kung Fu meets the A-Team. It was kind of a <laughs> melding of those, you know, he's wandering around solving problems, but yet sometimes he's hired to, yeah. to solve some problems too. So, I, I so don't know. the Mandalorian equals Kwai Cheng Kang. So there we go. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. yeah. Well, we did get a whole episode that was basically like the Seven Samurai just contained within that one episode. So what, season yeah. Episode one, season three, or episode one. Season no, three. that's the one episode we're doing right three, now, Lincoln. One. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just something that I noticed that they were doing the uh, the blacksmith uh, forging a helmet, and uh, this is where we got our first little uh, uh, misdirection because the trailer for the for the new series uh, they showed us this small helmet, but we were all thinking, oh, wow, they're finally going to get Grogu a helmet, but nope, it's uh, an- <laughs> another another foundling altogether. They love these misdirections, and the, yes. like Disney particularly loves to do the misdirections. Basically, if you watch a trailer from Disney, you should expect half of the stuff to be altered in some way. Didn't was it because of Disney, or is it because of a different company that didn't some European didn't like the EU do a thing where it's like it's fraudulent if <laughs> the trailer doesn't show a certain amount of. Uh, actual footage from the movie I, I there was something happened a few years ago i can't remember exactly what which yeah. film it was that caused that i don't know yeah i know marvel has done that ever since the beginning so yeah. there was like stuff in the iron man trailer the very first one from 2008 that didn't actually end up in the movie yeah well to me the one i remember the most is um thor in um infinity war the trailers yeah. for that show him with both of his eyes, but oh, of yeah, course yeah, yeah. in the movie, the, the Ragnarok, the... he loses his eye, and so all the trailers had him just as Chris Hemsworth. Whereas in reality, in the show, the actual Infinity War movie, he yeah. is missing that one eye. Yeah, Infinity War also had the uh, the scene where they go to go see uh, Fat Thor. You know, they had uh, edited out uh, the Hulk from the background and they only showed yeah. rocket going into the thing. So yeah, they, uh, they, they've done this before. I mean, I, I mean, can remember that, as a kid some, that they would edit some of that stuff out and then you'd be watching the movie. It was like, well, where is that scene? And it's just not there. Some of it is probably just the, the timing of production. You've got to get a trailer out and then you're not yeah. quite done. Sure. I think you talk about a lawsuit. They should sue these companies when they put out a trailer <laughs> and in the trailer is the only good material. Yeah, the whole movie—that's <laughs> the that lawsuit so I'm looking for. I—I yeah. I, I just quit going to. Tyler the, Yankee is also uh, a lawyer. He would love to take that case. <laughs> no, I'll lose that. But yeah, <laughs> I try. Yeah, it's a—it's just kind of fun. So that was just kind of one thing I noticed. Uh, we get the small little helmet, and it goes onto a uh, another foundling. And kind of watching the scene, I was like, "Oh, are we getting a, a flashback to when Din got his helmet yeah. for the first time?" Because the little kid that's looks cool. like. I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Because yeah. the last we saw all the Mandalorians, they were on that ring planet from uh, last season, and now they're out in this desert, and there's a uh, there's a big old lake. 
yeah, turned out to be Lake Placid. I didn't realize Lake Placid <laughs> had uh, changed so much, but it actually looked like Lake Powell. But uh, I, I, I DM'd you guys. <laughs> yes, first yeah. I'm I'm watching this and I'm like, well, first of all, if you've got these creatures in there, why is this kid just standing yeah. in the water? That's uh, exactly ready to just be attacked? the first thing I wrote down in my notes was exactly <laughs> what you said. It's like, why would you hold such an important initiation ritual? <laughs> In a place where the person who's getting initiated could just. Yeah, we got like this uh, gigantic creature that sh seems like everyone should know about. But I think uh, Lincoln has froze. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, uh, hey, we're going to go down to the swamp yeah. uh, where all the gators are. And you're just going to stand out there and the little kids are going to go near the water. And then we're <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, this this thing just came out. Um, yeah, it was. It was tragic. Some people lost their lives. Yep. So, uh, Tyler, we. Oh, hey. Oh, oh, and he just left. <laughs> I was just gonna say we we all know what the rules are. If you see a frozen screen, that is the face you make while you poop. <laughs> I, so. I did not know that. <laughs> that's uh, that's the rules. Than your, than your orgasm face or something like that. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see that. Nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> welcome oh, back, welcome Lincoln. Back. Things happen. <laughs> <laughs> left for two seconds and, and what happened he had a frozen face we were trying to figure out which face it was he said poop yeah the rule is if you if your screen freezes that's the face you make while you poop uh, okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the oh. face i was making while i was watching the show i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we get this scene right here where he's uh, being anointed with the helmet for the first time yeah yeah and uh, it's actually, uh, it was quite a good scene because at first I was thinking, oh, this is, we're doing a flashback to Din Jaren getting the helmet for the first time. But it, nope, this is uh, present day, apparently. Yeah, I really, the first half of this scene, I really liked it. And I was, it, I was drawn in. I was engaged with it. I was really curious to see where it was going. And then it just let me down so hard as soon as the lake placid alligator comes out of the water because what that does is it's a complete break and immersion yeah if let's say for the if you wanted to do at fighting the alligator right well then have him already be in his helmet and have it be some type of like hunting ritual that you then you would have an excuse for the alligator yeah. to be there but if you're holding a just a regular ceremony that should have no gay creatures and why would you hold it in a place where there's a creature it makes it completely pulls you out of the scene and you realize oh this is and by the time you get to the end of it where mando kind of writes the rest you realize oh this was only done so that they could have an action scene to fit the formula of we can't go for too many minutes in a show without having right some type of action going on or else the viewers yeah. are gonna lose interest you, you gotta and blow up something and croco turtle kaiju is definitely one of those things yeah and then they only use it as a way to introduce din into the show and have his theme music play and for the stupid nubian fighter to come fly in and <laughs> save the day and to get the little pop-up of grogu they used it what on its face was really interesting and what was drawing me in and then just the way that they employed it was just so ridiculous and just so shallow that 
everything that was good about it was completely ruined by the fact that it accomplished basically nothing. They undermined themselves is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, there was no need to because what's the purpose? Okay, you could introduce him. You can have the ceremony. But in the meantime, this kid just lost probably his dad and, and uncles and a bunch <laughs> of people in the process, which you don't get to know anyway. So you just, okay, he blew yeah. up. What I yeah. found out was all the jetpacks and their little bombs couldn't do anything, but hit the Nubian ship could. So there Yeah. You go. Well, the Space thing about weapons in Star Wars, and we will get to this in a later scene, <laughs> is that weapons in Star Wars are only a fact they need to be effective and mm. writers don't need them to be effective they are completely ineffective and it's in that Mandalorian oh. throughout all the seasons but just Star Wars has plagued all of them I'm looking at you uh, uh, Return of the Jedi Yeah, there's a, a later scene that, that comes up in this episode where weapons apparently just do nothing. So there was uh, yeah. quite quite the thing to see. Yeah. Croco turtle. That's, that's what I called it. How did how did you guys feel yeah. about oh, uh, the fact... Oh, go ahead. Or oh, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> he's, got some, he's got some connection. How did you feel about uh, the fact that um, season two to three, you, you really can't go without watching the, the book of Boba Fett? Yeah, that was kind of strange. Uh, the book book of Boba Fett. Uh, me and Lincoln had uh, kind of joked about it at the time. We were uh, we were calling it the uh, like the Mandalorian season two point five. Yeah, you know, because he just kind of like shows up like halfway through the episode, halfway through the uh, the series, and then just starts taking over. You know, we were all like supposed to be a Boba Fett show, but uh, Lincoln, you are you back? The, you don't know that Gregu goes back to I him did, unless you watch that, right? So. Right. Yeah, I, well, now that you've mentioned the having to watch Book of Boba Fett, the right, so after the alligator scene, <laughs> we get ah, son of a bitch. <laughs> can you guys hear me? Oh my gosh, my technical. I can hear you. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. If you want to cut your video, sometimes that helps out with the band. Yeah, I'm gonna cut the video and see if that helps. All right, cool. And, and then it just like the, crashes uh, worse. There you go. Keep going. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> no stream is complete without technical difficulties. Right. No, it wouldn't be. So we get the. Oh man, it's rough. She tells, and well, she and Din talk about everything that happens in the Book of Boba Fett. Right. Wow, son of a bitch. You guys keep going. I'm going to try and see if I can rectify my internet issues and I will be back. Okay. See you in a minute. <laughs> I, I can ask you a question. This is kind of a, a setup question that I've sure. been begging, wanting to ask someone who, who's in much more the know than me, which is uh, Andor came out. Okay. Yes. And I watched that and um, I absolutely loved it to the point where I watched it three or four times. Nice. And and I'm wondering, am I am I uh, going to be hated on for doing that? Why did I enjoy it? I, maybe I shouldn't enjoy it from the, the the stalwarts of this universe. I think I, you know, he just mentioned a little bit about you've got to have action. You've got to have this. It yeah. had a story and it had a, a, a through line of uh, plot, suspense. Yeah. Um, 
turmoil of revolution, which really mm -hmm. drew in, drew me in. So um, I know it's deviating a little bit, but it's in this universe. And, and when we have these and I watched this today, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so now Andor, now Andor was fantastic to me. Okay. Andor was like, what if Tom Clancy wrote star Wars? Okay. Okay. So if you read a lot of Tom Clancy stuff, yeah. you see a lot of similarities yeah. there. Yeah. You didn't see a lot of weird, um, you know, space creatures. You didn't see a lot of weird right. space fights. Maybe it's more the uh, the army version rather than the, the air force version of <laughs> of warfare. I don't know. Um, I, I so watching this today, I was a little bit like, oh yeah, we're back into this stuff, which yeah. is good. There's good good and bad to it, but um, the storytelling. I don't know what happened with Andor, and I guess it'll probably crack in the next one if they have it. Yeah, because that's what happens. Yeah, so uh, Andor actually takes place quite a bit uh, earlier than the Mandalorian right. storyline. Right. That one takes place about five years before A New Hope. This one takes uh, Mandalorian takes place about five to six years after the Return right. of the Jedi. So it's a uh, it, it's kind of interesting when you got to keep all of these timelines straight in your head. Otherwise, you'll start thinking it's like, oh no, something else happened. And you're like, no, right. that's not even at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, this uh, scene that we've been talking about with uh, Din Djarin and the uh, the and the blacksmith, you know, they're kind of like going over stuff from the uh, from the book of Boba Fett. But I also noticed there's a, a heavy sense of tension between the two. She's like, "Oh yeah, you're back. By the way, you're not a Mandalorian anymore. You're an apostate. Yes. I don't know why you're back here." Well, that's what the the big guy told him. He said, "Yeah, apostate." Um, yeah, he's he's not happy. <clears throat> I think the uh, anima or the tension is because he still has the dark saber, right? Yeah, he still okay. has the dark saber. Yeah, so everybody and and including us, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But uh, Starbuck uh, from <laughs> Battles. Oh Antarctica, yes, she's yes. obviously pissed about that too. But it's just hard to jump ahead. Sorry, yeah. I'm gonna mix worlds here. Uh, and then <laughs> you have the CAA guy that was getting bringing down uh, Pablo Escobar. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly it became an episode of Narcos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so link looks like you're back not frozen anymore we'll we'll see how it goes i may have to do <laughs> next week's stream from my office where i have a more stable connection yeah because they uh I, I don't know i might miss this log cabin that you've uh signed in from so <laughs> right oh that's always so fun when i make a joke and then he freezes yeah i have no idea what you said i laughed <laughs> because it, was, it should have been funny. I don't know if it was, but I laughed anyway. Yep. No, I just said I was going to miss the log cabin if you do it from your office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot of tension between the uh, the blacksmith and uh, Din about uh, going back to Mandalore to uh, bathe in the waters. And, of course, she said it's, it's impossible because the Empire bombed the shit out of it during the purge. Yeah, and he had some glass... Um, piece of something with some secret stuff written on it, right? So explain to me that and where he got it. Yeah, so uh, from that, he says he, he picked it up from from Jawas, which we've all discussed that Jawas are kind of like the, uh, the the trash salvagers of the, of the universe here. Yeah. And uh, apparently they got their hands on a little piece of Mandalorian wall and uh, it was uh, crystallized and they were saying that uh, m maybe one of the bombs that they used did that to the surface where it just started forming these crystals they basically glass the planet um, yeah 
Would this be like trying to go back to Chernobyl and taking a bath and and like their uh, <laughs> one of their? It would fuel, be it would be tanks? so much worse actually because if you blasted something with enough force to actually um, uh, crystallize the the surface of, of the of the planet like that, it would be a million times worse because the the winds would be picking up little shards of of this. Yeah, and basically sand blasting you with pieces of crystal. You know, that yeah. that would that'd be rough. It would be. Uh, like his internet. Yes. Like glass. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> oh, he's back. Maybe. No, For I, saw right him, now. I saw him Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be streaming on Twitch at this rate, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh we are live on Twitch right now, so Hello, the the one person who follows me on Twitch, and you you get to see it. So, but yeah, it's um kind of interesting. So he knows that well, somebody has been down to the surface of the planet to at least get this little piece. So it kind of gives him hope that maybe he can go to 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 the waters and the mines. Yeah. So a thing happens in this scene that again, like completely breaks the immersion and really lends credence to my theory that Mando is, there's one of two things going on. Okay. I'm waiting. We'll, we'll find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, cont- uh, he's contemplating and nah. what was he going to say? I don't, <laughs> I was waiting with bated breath. Yep. We'll wait until he's back. Now he's like really, really stuck. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's going to be one of those frozen out. He's going to have to pitch himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dial up is rough. Yes. And I thought I had uh, hillbilly I, under it. I wish I wish I had dial up. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm on T-Mobile provided internet because out here, that's all I can get. Yeah. So yeah. may have to cut your video again. I don't know. Yeah, I'll cut the video and hopefully that it didn't seem to make it much of a difference last time, though. But we'll try that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, retarded clone or Mando has had some type of traumatic head injury that causes him to just act completely irrationally and, and act stupidly at times, which would actually make sense because there's moments when he acts incredibly competently and yeah. there's other moments in each season of the show where he acts like a freaking retard <laughs> <laughs> it's C- it's just... cte or ctl whatever it is the brain trauma yeah. stuff if you yeah. saw yeah. the rest the, the rescue episode where the, the the dark um whatever robot guy uh, was just beating the crap out of his head um, I know he has a helmet on, but let's yeah. be honest. There, there's some oh, yeah. concussion going on inside that helmet. Because uh, I, when you saw the kid, I mean, there's not a lot of padding. There's that, uh, it's not, he's getting a lot of brain injuries. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, he's like a, he's, you know, he's like an NFL player on turf. Doesn't matter how uh, <laughs> much padding you put in there, that turf is still rocking your brain. Yeah. All right, so you heard it here first. Our our new theory is that Mando is a, is a little punchy. 
are they writing that in yeah. or is it just the writers are that bad that they are that good they just uh, it, that, that plot kind of just oozes into the script without them yeah. thinking about it what is it <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the script is generated by an AI at this point. So, <laughs> well, then the AI might know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the AI knows everything. Apparently, now I I kind of view it like this. He's uh, singularly focused on trying to regain some honor, and so maybe because of that, he's having lapse in judgment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, but the main lap, the, the lapse in judgment that I want to bring into context of this though is that episode he's talking about how mandalore has a poisoned atmosphere and nobody can go there but he keeps saying right. i'm going to go see if it does well you're gonna t you're talking to all these people pursuing yeah. a quest if that is toxic and you can't breathe it you yeah, you're not coming back you can do the quest so the first thing you should do is go to mandalore and see if the atmosphere is breathable so this whole this whole dialogue he has with like three major characters throughout this show about the atmosphere if he had a lick of sense should have already been resolved because yeah. he the first thing you would have done is go to see if the atmosphere is breathable and i'm pretty what? sure they've got sensors on the ship that he could tell if the atmosphere yeah. is Plus, he's he's got a little guy with him, and you know, you got to be responsible. You just he's dragging him around in this quest of I've got to go take a bath, and this kid's <laughs> gonna come with me. One, that's creepy. But two, you got to protect him, and I don't know. He's gonna he's gonna poison <laughs> Gregu. Uh, agenda. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I uh, although that the. the uh, he called him at one point. He's a uh, he's a little guy or something, like a young kid or a young or something. But he's not young. He's a young like guy. He's fifty. Yeah, he's fifty. Oh, 50? Something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which in Yoda species is basically like a little toddler. So right. it's, it's okay. I get it. I get it. Uh, that was... he would probably. There's been clearly a significant time jump. So he's probably uh, like what fifty six or something like that. Because clearly yeah. it's been a number of years. Yeah. Yeah. What's actually kind of uh, what I noticed was we're getting more and more noises from Gurgu. Cause like in the first two, two seasons, he, he kind of makes like a little, you know, baby noises here and there. But in this one, he's like all over the place with the noises now. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're trying to expand from like the, the young teenage girls that were interested of yeah. the noises to maybe something else. The moms that are, are wanting kids, maybe <laughs> something. Something. I know my daughter's probably going to be looking forward to hearing Grogu noises. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so this brings us to uh, another scene, and this kind of, I think, is setting up some other stuff down the line. But uh, we got a visit from the Pergil, which we can see here in hyperspace. Mm. From the show Rebels. So, so that was, that was kind of cool. I mean, yeah, that, that little part. Yeah. I was very glad to see that the Pergrail were just like hanging outside hyperspace and Grogu saw him. So what do you think the significance is? Like you just think it's going to be some sort of callback at some point. Well, yeah, I think they're kind of setting it up because I'm, I'm pretty much sure that, uh, and there goes a uh, link. I'm pretty much sure that the Ahsoka series when it comes out is basically going mm -hmm. to be rebels season five. Gotcha where they're going to be on the hunt for Ezra and Ezra took the Pergil and Thrawn. 
the last time. So maybe they're just kind of doing a callback, just like, hey, by the way, we're still aware the space whales are still out there. Oh. oh, oh, great! Now I lost my video. Okay, well, let me let me show you how this uh, show works. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's uh, at least you got your your mic still. Yeah, my mic's still working. I don't know. It just said my camera was unplugged, which it's not. It's still plugged in. Okay. Stupid thing. Well, let me know if you have to come in and out, and then um, I'll I'll just take over the show. I'll start talking about <laughs> some stuff. Um, what else? Oh, so they. You saw that, and then you, I don't know if you want to progress to the next one, or you can lead us into to what you have for the next one. Unless you, yeah. Uh, so the next thing that I have is uh, he shows up to Navarro, and uh, it's grown. There's a lot more stuff going on in Navarro. Right. Right. Welcome back, Link. Yep. Matter of fact, they're trying to make it more of a reputable town at this point. Yes. Uh, uh, hi, Magistrate. Grief Cargo. Yeah, there, there's reminding a everybody. Of, there's a bunch <laughs> of interesting stuff that happens here, but yeah, it really makes me wonder how long is the time jump here? Because the last time we were at Navarro, it was kind yeah. of like a town out of the old west, for lack of a better. That was the aesthetic they're going for. Yeah, right? I mean, it had that little school where uh, Grogu got the blue cookies, uh, yes. but it really wasn't too much more than we had seen in season one. Yeah, was, and was it has that? clearly improved by leaps and bounds. Right. So, like, that kind of growth would take years and years to happen. So, I don't know how long they want us to think that he's been gone, but clearly it's been a pretty significant chunk of time. Yeah. But if it's not a significant chunk of time, I would have preferred to see Navarro in the process yeah. of growing. Like to see a town kind of like with new buildings under construction, maybe renovations happening. And for the the mood that they're trying to set for this scene, I think that aesthetic would have fit what they're going for better. Because when we get on a little bit further and we see the interaction with yeah. the pirates and like people saying, oh, we want things to stay uh, chaotic, yeah, neutral or chaotic <laughs> evil or like we've been... Yeah. And you can uh, kind of see there's like some buildings in the background that look like they're a little bit under construction. Yeah. But I think it would have been better if like this old town area, had, you'd maybe like just have somebody painting a building or yeah. or people or more obvious efforts of improvement of the area because it looks like a finished product. I think it yeah. would fit the vibe that they're going for and the, the story beat better if things were under construction rather than in that in terms of the set that they built because everything in the background yeah. that's all cg right so you're, you're you're looking for you would have liked someone complaining about gentrification at this point it's it's to the point <laughs> where it's changed enough you know they yeah. did give one item that might give a time period there which was he was asking about um moth gideon about yeah. what had happened to him and he he indicated um, I don't know. It had sent him off somewhere. So I, I don't know if there, yeah. there wasn't a conclusion to that. So maybe that gives yeah. us some idea that it had only been a few years, if that much. Yeah. Cara Dune uh, apparently had gotten recruited to uh, special forces. Cara Dune. I, I, was, I was too. them to forget about uh, Gina yeah. Carano's existence entirely after what they did to her and all the controversy surrounding it. Right. 
The only other, if they had mentioned her, I, I, they probably would have said like, oh, she turned evil and like did something. <laughs> now she's in prison. Right. <laughs> she spoke bad about uh, the robots or, or yeah. some droid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beep, bop, boop. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can kind of see, I mean, there was like some stuff that was under construction, like the, the overhead shot where he's flying over the, the city. There's, you can see like there's some stuff going on, but it, still it does kind of look a lot more uh, is there than it was in the last two seasons. So yeah. what, excuse me, because I'm, I'm more of a, a I'm not quite as deep in this as you all. Was this the same town that um, Timothy Oliphant had briefly been in charge of and then no, that uh, that town was uh, another moss town on um, on Tatooine. Okay, Navarro is is its own planet. Gotcha. Yeah, Navarro is the planet that they're on for most of season one, like yeah. where he gets the bounty, where he fights the Imperials, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we get uh, Werner Herzog. I want to see the baby. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, growing on, uh, let's see, we got uh, the IG-11 statue. That was kind of strange. I, I wasn't expecting to see IG-11 again, e even in statue form. Yeah, I, and what they end up <laughs> doing with it, after, if they had left it at as a statue, I probably would have been fine with it and said, yeah. oh, that's a cool reference. I like that. But what they end up doing is <laughs> Mando sees it and says, I want him back. That's my friend. And that's just like, uh, I really dislike bringing characters back from the dead. I think it's a it's a crutch. Yeah. And because it just makes the stakes seem like inconsequential. Yeah. It, and so now they're going to bring him back by the end of the show, obviously. Yeah. And it's it's very disappointing to see them go this route because again this is them relying on to use a wrestling term a cheap pop instead yeah. of trying to build up a story that's going to be engaging with people they're just trying to point to the thing and say hey you remember this thing from the first season that you thought was cool let's do that it's the same type of nostalgia bait that disney's done with all of star wars right yeah they have Disney has yet to have learned the lesson that what we want is a well-written story. We don't, we like nostalgia in certain doses, yeah. but if that's all you're getting, we wouldn't at, be watching a star Wars show without it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But if all you have is nostalgia, uh, you don't have anything like this show to me is like, uh, really Disney star Wars in general has very much been setting up like the frame of a house, yeah. like just the two by fours, and then slapping a paint job over the, the two by fours in the frame and saying job done. It's like, well, you use a nice color of paint, but yeah. that, that isn't a house. There's a <laughs> ton of work left to do if all you've done is throw up a bunch of two by fours. Yeah, it's uh, it seems like the scene was... I don't know, maybe kind of like hacked together. Well, it was know? unnecessary. So as you've indicated, well, first of all, it's a, it, he was heroic, right? 
it was first of all, he transform. It's Pretty Woman. That's what it is. It's a prostitute that turns into a wonderful person that you can marry. She has your kids, but at some point she has right. to sacrifice herself. And now you're like, oh, we had some fans, and we need to. They liked her, so they need to sex appeal again. It's 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 not necessary. That's the point. yeah. Yeah, if he needs like a uh, a droid backup to go with him to Mandalore or whatever, I, it's like Grief Karga said, we've got tons of droids here. Yeah, pick one. I yeah, will actually like just give it to you. All of a sudden, Mando doesn't trust droids again because he's been he was fine with IG, and it seems like he's okay with droids after that whole IG thing. But now he's going back to oh, I I hate droids again, except for this one. Well, yeah. that one was very particular to Grogu. So, and, yeah. and there was a, a yeah, an affinity or a protection element that came, oh, you know, that happened there. So it's not. Yeah. I don't know. That's kind that's of a, except that in all of season two and also in the book of Boba Fett, he doesn't show any of that bias against them. So it's not like it's like they moved on from his anti. His droid racism, <laughs> for lack of a better term, <laughs> in all of season two and in Book of Boba Fett. But now in season three, when it's convenient for what they're trying to do, all of a sudden he develops that again. Yeah, he's like it, Kanye. It, he keeps coming back and forth. Now, now he wants. He's okay with the Jews. He's not. I don't know. <laughs> it all depends on which CIA guy is giving him meds that week. Yeah, that, that's right. He yeah. he loves the clinkers. He loves the clinkers now. Uh, so yeah, we, uh, also got pirates again. Right. And I love that one of the pirates was wearing a, a rebel soldier helmet as a uh, shoulder uh, armor, oh. yeah. which was kind of fun when I spotted that one. I was like, Oh, look at that. <laughs> I really like the aesthetic for the pirates. I want to, to chime in and compare to the book of Boba Fett here. Yeah. These pirates fit the aesthetic of the scene. Well, and I and I think Eric knows where I'm going with this. Like, yes. Remember the mod what? squad? It's yeah, like we didn't get the mod squad from Tatooine. Oh, that was <laughs> this. I complained to no end about those guys. This is a group of people that fit the appearance that the story is indicating that they should have. So I want to give yeah. credit where credit is due. These guys looked good. And they were, they had that pirate. They behave like pirates. Feel yeah. to them and they acted like it. And I, Not an I 80s enjoyed punk band. Yeah. that. Right. Yeah. It also yeah. makes me think that we're going to see Hondo later in the show. Which I was really the, hoping one of the pirates was going to be Hondo. I really for, was. <laughs> for all the complaints that I have about nostalgia baiting and all the complaints I have about cheap pops, I will still pop for Hondo. So now, now Hondo, this was just a this was just a big tease, though, right? I mean, I, it came in there that the they have him trapped. There's the big ship, and then he just escapes, and then yeah. we're done. So we're like, yeah. okay, but there's gonna be something with that. Um, <laughs> it looked like uh, one of those Sesame Street characters that had grown up. Uh, the garbage <laughs> the guy that lived in the garbage. Uh, what's it? I, I have it written. Like. I have it written down here as Captain Swamp Thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Who's I had the... it as as Davy Jones's less successful younger brother. <laughs> yeah, with the facial problem. But um, okay. So in the uh, the scene before that, where we're trying to get IG Eleven fixed, and we had to introduce our little uh, characters from the the sequel trilogy. 
the Babu uh, Fricks. Yeah, the Babu Fricks or the uh, Vizians or whatever they're called. Uh, I did get a good little chuckle with uh, No Squeezy Bad Baby. I did enjoy that one because uh, Grogu was apparently very taken with them and wanted to pet them. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the little was it Fennec or did he, they wanted to fight? Yeah, it's like these little creatures. They introduced them in uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker, the very last of the sequel trilogy. Uh, Babu Freak was uh, getting into three uh, CPO's head to reveal Sith language, which is why it was in. C-3PO's Bob head. Frick was the only thing I liked about that movie. I right. Everything else I hated about that movie. But <laughs> they nailed like the cute, adorable, silly yes. critter thing with him. And I so I enjoyed Babu Frick. Uh, yeah. And I kind of liked seeing these guys again. Even if, again, this is a cheap pop, bringing back this other thing. Yeah. I might keep going back to that term because uh, the writing in these shows is on par with Vince McMahon's WWE for the last 10 years, which is yeah. very bad. Yeah. And so there's a lot of comparison to draw there. Yeah. And I also had written down the puppetry looks very rough with these characters. <laughs> yeah. It does. But on, on, I like that though, because if you yeah, it's got to look the, a little cheesy, the, 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 the Kowakian lizard monkeys that are in the tree, when you first come into town, yeah. Those ones are clearly CGI. And compare that to, oh, I can't think of the name of the Bubble Fricks, but the, the whatever. Yeah, Vizians or something like that. Yeah, something like that. They're actual puppets. And you yeah. can tell that the puppets versus the CGI uh, lizard monkeys. And personally, I preferred the puppetry to the CGI because there's a level of. Not to say that it was executed perfectly, but there's a level of human artistry. Yeah. And like you don't get that uncanny valley the way you do when you see the CGI. As good as CGI is now. Yeah. You don't when it comes to animating living things, there is still that kind of uncanny valley element. Right. And did it, did I, I feel like it was moving away from some of the CGI for this one. I I, I got that feel. Yeah. The yeah. connection there. Well, we even got that in the sequel trilogy when Yoda's Force Ghost was a puppet again. Yeah, and it looked and like I a really puppet. I really like the puppets. Yeah, and and I want, I, I want Star Wars to continue with puppetry. So again, I want to give credit where credit is due. I liked seeing the puppetry because that is yeah. something that I really like, and I think puppetry. I'm obviously a huge fan of the Muppets from as a kid, and watched a lot of Sesame Street as a kid, and I love. I love puppetry, and I think it's an art that sadly has been underutilized in Hollywood in the last 20 years, yeah. and it can still look very good. Not to say that it looked incredible here, but it still can look very, very good. And I think a lot of times they just choose to use CGI because it's a more efficient option, but I kind of prefer puppetry when it's uh, feasible to use it. Yeah, I I just thought it was just a little little bit herky jerky, a little bit. I still like love it, fest between yeah. those two grows though. You're gonna have more and more interaction. You're gonna have to do move away from CGI. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I think if they could 
use CGI on top of the puppetry to maybe kind of like smooth out some of the motions that might that might help. Yeah, you could use some. AI. That, this is where I think AI could really be useful is in motion smoothing. Running an AI program to just smooth out that motion could be super helpful as a yeah. shortcut. Yeah. Um, the next thing uh, when we get the uh, the uh, Top Gun in space, as I have it written down here, we actually got an Avast from one of the pirates. Yeah. And I had to pause it and chuckle for a good minute and a half on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, we got uh, Top Gun Outer Rim, uh, Captain Swamp Thing. And then after this, he uses the sublight drives to get away from the okay, pirate but ship. Hold on, hold on. The Top Gun yeah. in space, there's one thing I want to complain about. And Star Wars has been very ambiguous about the laws of physics in space. Yeah. But <laughs> there's a really egregious moment where... The ship goes upside down and uh -huh. Grogu falls towards the canopy. Right. And Star Wars has been weird about sound in space and it's people theorize that there's an atmosphere in space in the Star Wars universe. Right. But when Grogu falls. Yeah, that's not going to happen in a vacuum. That's in space. not going to yeah. happen. That, that shouldn't work that, that way at all. Uh, in fact, with the inertia, he should be being pulled down towards. Right. We even have Mando's like ship team. designs for what they think is going to be a Mars mission where they have like a gigantic hamster wheel that's going to spin at a rate that's going to simulate enough of Earth's gravity. And right. This is Star Wars, right? So yeah. you don't necessarily have to even have like some uh, the use of centrifugal force to simulate gravity. Yeah. the way you would on a mission to Mars type of ship or is the way you see done in other hard sci-fi, you can have it just be some, you know, explanation of, oh yeah, they just figured out how to manipulate gravity and which Star Wars in the expanded universe does have explanations yeah. for it. Yeah. They have just sort of figured out how to project gravity. Yeah. Um, but they, it doesn't even make sense for him to do that. So it's just, it's just one of those little things that, with this show make it again feel like this is all a fun and pretty decent looking veneer painted over a really just uh standardized soulless production which is very yeah. unfortunate because i felt like there was a hint of soul in season one of the mandalorian which is why i like the show and want yeah. it to succeed and i want to see good things with it man mando season one has its problems yes but i don't want to see the mandalorian which is a show that i do like kind of as it did in season two fall further down the slope of becoming this cookie cutter corporate um we need to tick all these certain boxes or else people aren't having fun type of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm searching for? Um, I'm uh, brain farting here. I've got the same problem that man, that Mando does getting <laughs> retarded sometimes. Um, <laughs> but you guys get the impression that I'm trying to yeah. get. It, it feels like this is sludge with some, uh, sprinkles, uh, over the top to make it look nice 
Um, or Jimmy's. Jimmy's for our Great. Northeastern listeners. Yeah. So. Do you think that, uh, and I'm just uh, throwing this out there, Favreau and, and Filoni, who, you know, maybe are a little better at some of this stuff, um, maybe they're having some other people take over, or maybe they're the problems. I don't know. What do you think? I, well, you know, I'll let Eric speak first and then I'll speak. Yeah. I, I kind of think that uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni have done a pretty good job. Uh, I think in this season, it, it seems like there was, I, I don't know, maybe they didn't have so much of a hands-on as far as like the writing and production were concerned on the, on this particular season. I, I don't know, maybe their attention was focused towards Ahsoka or one of the other shows, but uh, it seems like that maybe their input was uh, maybe not high on the priority list. Um, the way I see it uh... – and I've been kind of plugged into all this stuff because I was a big kind of Favreau and also Filoni stan for a while. Yeah. But yeah. what I've realized, like seeing from what the comments that they've made, uh, like regarding all the stuff in Hollywood, regarding quote culture, regarding corporate decisions, et cetera, et cetera. At one point in time, I think these guys were on the side of the fans for a lack of a better term. Right. That, they were fans of the thing. They wanted to accomplish things because they were fans of it. Right. But I think that both of them realized that in order to progress up the corporate ladder and to be successful and just to not be canceled, they, yeah, they do have to have kind to of follow. play the game a little bit. You, you have to play the game. You just got to go in lockstep with whatever's coming down. Maybe you can insert a little bit of creativity here and there if you really want to but you kind of have to go with whatever your overlords are telling you to go with and i think that's what happened here is that i think that as much as i like them and as creatives and as much as i think they're capable of really great things because they both of these guys have created some of my favorite media in the past yeah. i think both of them don't have any backbone I think they're both kind of cowards. I don't make that might be a little harsh, but I think that they are not willing to defend their art and are willing to compromise their art for the sake of furthering their careers, which yeah. is a decision that I understand in the same position. I might just do the same thing. But I don't think that they're being faithful to the fans, and I do not think that they're being faithful to the art form that they're participating in, and I don't think they're being consistent with how they behaved in the past. And I think that they're doing it because they know that it would be detrimental to their careers if they didn't. I'm not going to def def defend them. I, I think you're correct, and, and maybe some nuance yeah. with that would be they're having to work within the structure of Disney. So Disney has this product. It's not like they created it and now they're you know kind of getting yeah. whatever. So, but they come in and when Disney took over and uh, you know Clone Wars and and uh, Mandalorian that they probably had a lot of control over to begin with, and then the blows up, and now yeah. you're doing all these other things. You're not going to have that control anymore. So yeah, you yeah. got to sell your soul to even be involved, or they're going to be Carinoed. Uh, so I certainly do. <laughs> some of that it, yeah i think that the nuance that you introduced there is important certainly i'm being a little harsh but i think that's, that's probably right though it, i think that's in a way my harshness is 
because in a sense I feel betrayed because I both <laughs> yeah. know I know what they're both capable of because they're right. both capable of some very outstanding art and they haven't been living up to that and I, I wish they're not gonna watch this, but if by chance somehow <laughs> something like this made their way to them, I, I would want them to say that I I know what they're both capable of and I would love to see them have the courage to take a stand for themselves right. and to do to live up to what I as a fan of them because I I wouldn't be this critical of them if I weren't fans of both of these guys work yeah and I think that's why I'm more critical of them because I I have higher expectations of them than I have say for a Ryan Johnson I have no expectations for a Ryan Johnson because he's bad at his job but both Filoni and Favreau are good at their jobs and they're choosing to kind of water it down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So that's going to kind of bring us to the end here. Uh, He goes and sees Bo-Katan, another uh, one of the favorite characters from uh, the Clone Wars and uh, Star Wars Rebels and stuff. And uh, more tension. It it seems like this episode was pretty much like everybody hates Mando. And did this feel a little ham-fisted to you guys? Because it felt like, I don't know whether it was with the direction of the scene, uh, and I forgive me, I can't remember the name of Bo-Katan's actor. I should know it, but I can't. Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff. Sackhoff. I, I should know it. But Starbuck. Starbuck. Um, yep. And I, I don't have anything against her as an actress, but I felt like her performance came off as flat and without any real nuance yeah. to it. Uh, and I, I think the dialogue in the script that she was given could have been written better. If we got really detailed, I could like put in what I would do for my own rewrites. I know Eric, you're an author. You probably <laughs> change a few things as well. Uh, yeah, to I, me, I, it would just, uh, the only thing I would really change about it is just, she already kind of has like a chip on her shoulder because Din Jaren has the dark saber. Yeah. And she has pretty much lived her entire life. Like it's destined that it's supposed to be hers. So like, even in that part where she goes, was like, well, the rest of the stolen crew, uh, the stolen ship or whatever, they're, they're off living their lives as mercenary. Y- you have the dark saber, you go lead them. Yeah. That's hypothetical. I maybe would have had it a little bit more contentious. Like maybe she would have like stood up from the throne and kind of got into his face. Yeah. A bit. It, that's yeah. exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. I feel like the direction of it maybe could have been better where, cause it felt like the level of animosity never changed throughout yeah. that scene i feel like if the direction had been a little bit better it would have been a slow burn to her getting up and then raising her voice by the end of it but instead she's yeah. lounging on her throne apathetic as if she doesn't really care what the mandalorian what what din is doing but but you, we know from their history that she does care yeah. he's got the dark saber that's the thing that ruined her was her not having it yeah, so but to me I, it, it Go Let ahead. me just yeah. interject in, in, in kind of a defense of that, though, is um, how did she lose it? He tried to give it to her. You have to win it. So it's right. kind of the envy of someone else's success that got there before you through no fault of your own. I mean, she was doing a diversion for him to to come on, and then he happens to just win the saber. So um, her she can't be too mad and angry at him because it's just fate in a sense that right. it's his and not hers right so, so I, I mean anyway go ahead 
if I were to rewrite it with, with that perspective, right? So if I were to rewrite it with that perspective, that she really is kind of just like apathetic and like she's purposeless, right? Which yeah. is which is the perspective that yeah. that I think they're trying to portray. Why not show her doing spice or drinking or something <laughs> like that? Turning to some type of eating substance. bonbons on her couch. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Show her looking flabby or something like that. Show that she is like, like, give us like, not to the degree that they do with Fat Thor in um, Infinity War, because that's what you yeah. do when you go too far with showing somebody who's kind of uh, uh, lost their direction and has let themselves go. But show that she's let herself go a little bit. Maybe show her armor instead of being polished like it is. Show it being a little mm -hmm. grimy, a little dirty. Yeah. Maybe show that throne room instead of being like immaculate like it looks. Have things be a little bit kind of disheveled. Not, yeah, disheveled. Not Maybe she's not even up. wearing the armor. It's just kind of like stuck to the side somewhere. Yeah. And I think that's where I have the problem with the direction is that yeah, yeah, okay. you either have to go with like she's keeping things up and she's upset when she sees him and she's been waiting for the opportunity to see him again and confront him or you've got to commit to her just sort of letting herself go. Right. And I think either of those options would be much more interesting avenues to pursue for her character. Yeah, and like it would, said, it would really the... give her some character. Even it would show that she's different now than she was when the last time we saw her. Yeah, they're they're setting it up though to to meet again, and and I think you're you're exactly right. The fact that she intimates that her crew, so to speak, would follow him because he's got the sword. She's lost. She's listless in a way. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just think that they could have done a little bit better job at, at communicating that if that's what they're going for. That visually you can communicate that very easily. By showing, like I said, showing her armor. Maybe she's not wearing it. Maybe she looks a little flabby. Maybe, maybe Pouring she around is wearing a the armor, bit. but it's grimy and unkempt. <laughs> Who knows? She's going through her going through her hoe face. Yeah. But instead, she looks like <laughs> instead she looks like the very beautiful woman that she is. Like, and she 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 looks uh, like she could absolutely still take on anybody in a fight. Like she hasn't lost a step. Show something different than. Yeah. What was there the last time we saw her? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a much that could have been improved on this episode. Uh overall, I'm going to give it uh four Croco Turtles out of five for myself. Because I think there was just like a lot that kind of brought that score down a little bit. What you think, Link? Um I was really disappointed. I'll be honest. Oh, um, oh, he's going to give it a no, two Krakow um, turtles out of five. It's no book of Boba Fett. I'll give it credit where credit is due. There's <laughs> no book of, book of Boba Fett. So it's not like a two out of 10. Yeah. And it certainly was no, um, Kenobi, oh, uh, Kenobi, <laughs> which was like a zero out of 10 for me. A missed we were, opportunity. Yeah. Kenobi. Yeah, we were <laughs> supposed to review that show. I don't know if the audience really knows this or not. We yeah. Were, going to review that show we talked about it we made plans for it but neither of us could actually bring ourselves <laughs> to finish the show I, I, because yeah, it was it so either. unbelievably bad yeah i think after that first episode we kind of like sent a couple messages to each other it's like i i don't 
really want well, to Well, we were going to do the first. I think what happened is we were going to do the first one. I yeah. happened to be on vacation with my family that weekend. I was up with yeah. my, my parents. They were uh, celebrating my mom's birthday. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm up in the woods. I have no internet connection. Let's just review the two episodes together the next week. Yeah. But the second episode was so much worse than the first episode that we were just like, we can't do this. No. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, we would just uh, be just. So going, I'm gonna oh. give it. I'm gonna give it a three out of ten, and yeah. to me, I'm being generous because there are as a three out of ten. I there are elements that are really good in this. Uh, I think that there's so much potential here. But so much potential is wasted in The Mandalorian. There was a lot of potential wasted in Season 2. I was hoping to see it redeemed. And then we got what we got in Book of Boba Fett. And I already knew that we were going to see them double down on the stuff I didn't like from Season 2. And I'm very disappointed to see that they are doubling down on the stuff that I didn't like from from Season 2. I hope and I pray that it doesn't go that way. Yeah. Of being all just cheap nostalgia stuff and being pretty looking visuals with very little substance, you know, cameos from celebrities and not great storylines. Like, if I were to recommend it was to somebody, I would recommend it as this is something you can put on in the background while you're doing something else. Beyond mm. that, I don't really recommend this show for its story like i just finished up watching house of the dragon i'm a little late to that <laughs> house of the dragon is a show where i would say you need to sit down watch it on the biggest screen you have available right surround sound if, if you have it and pay attention to what happens because there's little subtleties that hint to stuff that comes later that dialogue is must hear and it is a story that is has consistent through lines throughout the whole thing. That is a quality that Disney should be aiming for. I mean, you don't need the gratuitous sex and the violence and all the stuff that goes along with those HBO shows. You can yeah. do these things without that. But just because you don't have those things doesn't mean you have to sacrifice writing and direction quality. And I just wish that... Disney would learn from people's complaints instead of just calling their audience racist bigots who hate <laughs> diversity and would just Sounds listen right. to us when we say that, hey, your storytelling is done very poorly. Yeah. Maybe get some better writing and some better directing in your shows maybe don't note them to death with mandates from people above yeah um and i i haven't watched andor i've heard that's what happened with andor is that it flew under the radar and it actually turned out really good my intention after the Mandalorian. yeah i was uh i was telling tyler that uh and yeah. one of the little things that andor is great it was basically what if tom clancy wrote star wars and it turned yeah, out fantastic. I've heard it's great. Yeah. Uh, and I think after, now that I've 
caught up on all this other stuff I meant to catch up on. Once Mando's done, I'm gonna watch that show. So if we want to do an Andor review, we can we can do that. After <laughs> uh, I of course. It. When you when you're uh, and you can hear cool. what it sounds like when I'm positive about a show because I hate being so negative. I really do. I don't <laughs> want to be negative about all these things. I, I'm right. wearing the Star Wars shirt because I genuinely love Star Wars. Yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite franchises. I've read so many of the the books. I've played so many of the different games. I've watched the shows more times than the movies, more times than I can count. I really love Star Wars, but I want it to be good. I don't want it to be this. Yeah, so there's there's my three out of ten review for. Are we are we doing one. it out of ten? Is that what the we can do it out of how many Whatever. you want. You can do it out of seven if you just want to be weird. Lincoln, yeah. I, I, when your video <laughs> crapped out, I, I asked Eric. I said, I absolutely loved Andor. It, it was exactly what you said you have a problem with is you always need action. It was a story. Um, and it's it's kind of like, if you want to equate it, kind of the, the times right behind the Iron Curtain when revolution is happening. Anyway, it's it's fantastic. I do suggest you watch it. And I'd, I'd, definitely do yeah, everyone that. i know is recommended to me but I, my watch list has been what? going through that the dc animated universe like you gotta, batman, do what you gotta do batman beyond and through up through justice league unlimited that had to be done because that is <laughs> what you want to talk about grade a storytelling meant yeah, the for dc animated like, uh movies are fantastic yeah the move that the the movie universe from later isn't nearly as good as the shows that were running from right what was that 1990 something oh where... yeah if you're talking the uh, batman the animated series that was like 94 yeah something like 93 it, it, yeah yeah well it uses the danny elfman theme from the um uh 89 batman 89 right yeah um and but they carry it through through to the batman beyond which i think might be possibly one of the, at least from um, american animated series that might be the best anim american animated yeah series it was pretty good batman beyond it was incredible but all of the all the stuff from that era of dc was knocking our out of the park every time yeah all um, right let me let me let me rate this yeah. bitch um i'm Go gonna get uh, just to preface it up here uh, when you i've watched some of these uh, like you said kenobi was so bad i'm like losing i'm not finishing it as i'm watching it i'm distracted uh, Mando, at least, well, the book of uh, Boba Fett was somewhat like that as well. I had to go back and kind of concentrate to, to actually get through some of that. Um, I didn't have that problem with this Mando. The first one season was, was I thought, was really good. Now, I don't want to necessarily critique a, a single episode because it may come in when you're done. You're like, oh, that made a lot of sense. And I needed some of these little things to get there. So I'm going to hold off on being too critical like Lincoln. But <laughs> I will give it I'll give it a, a six out of ten because I was a little disappointed, uh, especially with the, the, the gators, the space gators. A six out of ten, a six uh, grooming mandos out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Ron DeSantis would be proud of you. <laughs> yes. right. Ron DeSantis and his little cowboy boots. Yeah. Well, I think that'll do it. I think we, we got uh, got a low review, got a mid review, and we got a high review out of me. So I wanted it'll be kind of interesting high. to see where the season goes. Uh, I think it's got room for improvement. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I, look, I, I like I said, I don't want to be critical. I am critical. I'm extra critical because I know what the people ostensibly behind this are capable yeah. of and i want to see them live up to their capabilities <laughs> yeah so uh we got one comment in here uh i'm with tyler thank you 
and then they were wondering if they could speak yes of course you can speak you know through the comments of course but <laughs> i'm sure they can speak in real life too through signs even if they're mute that's true. Anybody who's watched Kill Tony knows that you don't even really have to be able to speak in order to do comedy. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, dude, Jared Nathan. Jared Nathan, man. If you guys haven't watched Jared Nathan's comedy, you gotta. That, 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 you'll never, you never laugh harder at a stuttering, retarded man in your life. He, oh, it's and, and the stutter. If when he does it right, too, he stutters, 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 and then, boom, he hits a bomb, and you're just like. It was this timing pause, you know, that yeah. Yeah. comedians can't do, but he's he's great at it, yeah. Well, I'm talking about the like the uh, the last couple of episodes where they had like the mute guy who uses a uh, iPad. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh. Uh, I've mi- I I've missed like the last 3 weeks of Kill Tony. I need to catch up cuz I've been watching House of the Dragon, so I haven't been watching Kill Tony. <laughs> I've been watching uh, uh Murdoch uh, trial, murder trials, so Oh yeah, I you know I was I was watching that on Rakeda's sh- stream a little yeah. bit, but I I fell off of it. Uh, I need to get back to it. I would suggest you you find my channel. I did a a, a two hour thing last week with Magoo. This oh, guy did you? Okay. From, and yeah. he he was great. He broke it down. We we did talked about that, and then of course you know stuff to happen the weekend. But people can check that. Out. I, I just throw this plug out too. Yeah, go for um, it. Andy and I did a hate watch. We're gonna start doing these. I. I would love to have them free, but some of these people are crazy. And so I put it behind a paywall and it's slowly going to, I'll have it in a free behind something at some point, maybe on Substack. But um, it's uh, Hannah Cox. She does a feminist uh, take on men's rights and we shred her up and down. It's an hour 20 of her 30 minute show. And it's glory. It's maybe one of the best shows (laughs) we've done. So 99 cents on Spotify, you can find it. And then next week, I'll probably put it you can free subscribe on Substack and see it. But that is that is gold. People have to watch the the Hancock stuff is just a gold mine for it's so cringe. And Andy is not nice. No, he's not. He's not. He's been he's been going pretty hard in the paint lately. So yeah, He's, he's the but guy. Link, what kind of plugs uh, do you have? Well, I've got them up here in the uh, in the stream here, mostly at Five Dollar L. My Twitter. I still haven't um, gotten back to podcasting. Maybe eventually, um, if uh, <laughs> that's okay. I, I just took a, a month long break, so this yeah. is like the first episode it, it, I've done in a while. It, for you'll see it on my timeline if you follow me, uh, Fred, uh, and I will in in four five seven years eventually get our podcast where we review gas station food started and it's gonna be a banger uh if we ever get that actually done but uh that's obviously a, a meme just like the toilet at the gas station after you eat their food yeah <laughs> well that'll do it for this evening uh we'll be back next wednesday to do uh episode two for the uh, third season and uh join me this friday i'm gonna have uh jacob winograd on uh no his name is daniel daniel no his name is jacob i keep getting those two confused but yeah he'll be on uh friday and we'll we'll talk about some religiosity and uh some other things but uh as for that uh for tyler and lincoln good night everybody enjoy the show <laughs>